I think the rates have gotten unreasonably high. I think the service has gotten incredibly low. And I think the level of personal attention has dwindled to a point now where people just don't have any support. And that's the thing that they need the most. They don't need more macros. They don't need more training systems. They need you to fucking be available to them when they're standing in front of the cupboard at nine o'clock at night waiting to devour every jar of peanut butter in their house because they're so stressed out because their kid's sick for the fourth day in a row. Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple. If you want proven nutrition strategies to help you build a better body, and create the energy to show up for your family without overly restrictive and unrealistic dieting, then you're in the right place. Make sure to subscribe and enjoy this episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. I am your host, as always, Ben Brown. And in today's conversation, I catch up with my buddy Aram Gregorian. Aram's a nutrition coach who provides practical solutions for everyday folks who want to stop the cycle of dieting and disappointment. He also hosts the Real Coaches Summit to help bring education to the forefront of the coaching industry. And in our conversation today, we really work to put a real-world spin on what is often a far too complex of an approach to nutrition and fitness. There's no science, no hormones, no macros, no tricks or hacks, and certainly no nonsense, just a real-world approach to changing your life by changing your behaviors, which is certainly what we do best. So if you're a coach tuning in, then you are not going to want to miss this discussion about what it takes to stand out in today's industry. Uh, I really appreciated this conversation with Aram. And I'm certainly confident that you will too. So let's go ahead and dive on in. Aram, welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. What up, man? I appreciate you having me and I appreciate you being leaner than me and making me feel bad about my body image. So thank you. Uh, That is my mission in life is to make every other dude my age. I know you're a little bit younger than me, but um, we were just talking about ego, you know, earlier uh, before uh, we, we jumped in and hit record and um that is really pumps my ego is everything I can do to just make other dudes uncomfortable. So it's funny because I started, I started this whole journey because of vanity and because of insecurity. And I've never had an emotional relationship to vanity or insecurity. Like insecurity is part of who I am. It, 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 it like, it's that little bit of fire in the back of my mind that kind of fuels me to move forward. And I, I think if managed properly, it's not a bad motivation. Any dude who tells you that they don't want to look good with their shirt off is fucking lying. Or any well, anybody on the earth. I don't Thank care you. who yes. it is. I mean, and, any, yes, any person. And so it's funny as coaches, like I, I feel like there's this kind of evolution. Like we start marketing to people or having conversations around, you know, losing that weight and looking good with your shirt off. And then, y- you know, you, you start to talk to like, well, it's not really about the weight and it's not really l- about looking good with your shirt off. It's like, what are the deeper feelings and the deeper why? And yes, that's super relevant. But it still comes back to like vanity and ego and like, listen, I realize there's a, people want to have more energy. They want to feel good. They want to have longevity and be there for their family and all that kind of stuff. But right, like we still want to look good with our shirt off, plain and simple. Oh, it's, it's aesthetics are earned. And I think that's what a, that's a big basis of conversation I have with a lot of my clients or potential prospects or people I just talk to on Instagram. I want to know where you're at and what your average day looks like before I start making any comments or advice on your path forward. And most people don't have the basis of, or structure to even worry about aesthetics yet. 
like you and I can sit there and no, fine tune. You know what I mean? Like you and I, like we've been doing this for a while. Nutrition and training are one of our top four priorities every single day. Like for you, it's like family, work, nutrition, right. training. Right. For me, it's work, nutrition, training because I don't have kids yeah. or a wife. Right. But for most people, nutrition and training is not even a discussion on a daily basis. It's erratic eating. It's I go to the gym every once in a while because it just gets thrown into the mix somehow. So for them to sit there and micromanage like those last 15 pounds, which they probably even unrealistic for them to even worry about, right. it's just an unreasonable pursuit for your average person. And most people should approach it from a place of, I need to get healthier and I need to improve my quality of life. So what does that include? It includes being more energetic, having a better mood, being able to operate at a higher level of cognitive function, having daily bowel movements, just being able to make life easier and less stressful. And then from that point on, when you have a structure set in place, if you want to have aesthetic goals and results, go right for it because now you actually have a foundation that you can rely on. I agree 100%, but those things don't sell as well as I can help you look good with your shirt off. So it's, it's tell them what they want to hear and give them what they need, right? Yes. To help them come to the realization for themselves that like, <laughs> we have clients, so like we do all those things, right? So we start to manage calories and we start to eat more protein and we get like, okay, you got to get more sleep and you got to drink water and you got to manage your stress and you got to walk. I'm like, okay, but when do I start working towards the six pack? I'm like, bro, this is the path. This is the way, right? And so there's such a big disconnect around those things of like, okay, I get the whole being healthier thing, but I really just want to look good with my shirt off. Okay. One in the same right? Yep. One in the same. And so I think we're definitely speaking the same language. Um, we met recently. We haven't had a lot of time to get to know each other. So I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation. And, and thank you, by the way, for coming on. I appreciate you and your time. Thank you. Um, so you've been doing this for quite some time. And I know we connected like right away by virtue of the fact that like we're 40 plus, we're trainers, coaches. I think we we have similar philosophy, like just sort of this no-nonsense approach to nutrition and training and kind of telling people what they need to hear and not this smoke and mirrors bullshit. And especially that's one of the things that I appreciate about you and your your social media. Um, but maybe just a, a brief background around how you got to where you are. Yeah, I'll give you the, the 30,000 foot view. So insecure high school kid, not very athletic, uh, joined the football team because the football team were the biggest, strongest guys in our school that had the most female attention, which obviously I was like, ooh, chicks will start talking to me if I join the football team. Um, that did not happen. More dudes started talking to me because I got really strong and I got jacked. And that's that attracts way more male attention ever yes. than opposite sex. That's attention. true. Um, fast forward to college, powerlifted competitively there. Didn't really amass much success, but I enjoyed it. Um, went into finance, sat at a desk for six years of my life, which also meant I partied my ass off professionally. You were you were into training though. So you obviously were into training in high school and college and strong and powerlifting, but you would, had you never considered it as a career or you just, it was all recreational? Oh, I loved it. I just enjoyed doing it. I was, I had identified as a fit person pretty early on in my life. Like when you start like develop, like I was doing a 225 pound strict seated military press at 15 years old. That's pretty strong. Right. I mean, I've blown out both shoulders because of it, because it was never profit form. But like when you're that, when you're walking around with that type of strength and you're already getting like broad shoulders and like a V-shaped back as like a 16 year old kid, 
you start to already separate yourself from the pack. Cause there was like our football team was crazy strong. We were always winning most of our lifting competitions throughout our state in Connecticut. Um, but there was a massive delineation. It was a very strict idea. Like there was the kids that partied in high school and there was the kids that partied, but then also trained really hard. And I fall into that category. Sure. And I just enjoyed it. I never thought it would be a career or profession. The only reason why it ever became a profession is because I became the authority figure at my finance job. Like, what is a raw meeting today? Can I go with you to the gym after work tonight? You know, why are you always eating this versus that? So I was getting fielded those questions all day long. And then when I got laid off from finance in 2012, I had already started dabbling, training some people privately without any certifications or anything. But I'm like, you know what? I don't want to sit at a desk anymore. I hate finance. It's a thankless, soulless job that's just soul-sucking, and it's just putting me down this really unhealthy mental path. So I got certified through NASM. I got my first gym job in 2012 as a trainer at Equinox in Greenwich, Connecticut, which was a crazy place to start because it was all just super high net worth people that were just like, talk about aesthetics. I mean, you were talking about like people walking in being like, if I don't look like Jennifer Aniston in the next week, you're fired. Yeah. That's what I was dealing with. And I just, I started having those conversations really early on in my career. And I started talking to these really rich people as if they were nobody. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck who you are, how much money you have. The aesthetics are one thing you'll never be able to buy. That's unusual to have that level of confidence as a relatively new trainer. What I'm, I'm Russian, man. It's, okay. not, it's not confidence. It's just how it was, we were raised. Like my mother had no filter. My father barely speaks English. So I grew up different. Like I grew up knowing that if it's true, you just say it out loud. If it's going to hurt somebody's feelings, oh, well. Yeah. So I, it wasn't that I knew what I was doing. It's that I knew what I was doing at a very basis level saying like, I know this is going to take you way longer than you think, Mrs. Jones. So if you're setting yourself up for failure this early, you're never going to get done what you need to get done. So let's back off a little bit. Let's understand that you have to do this for a lifetime and you have to be able to phase in and out of dieting to be able to get the most out of dieting. You can't just go full tilt. And by the way, you don't really have that much fat to lose anyway. You're most likely under muscled rather than over fat, which that was my demographic constantly. I didn't have 275 pound women walking around. I had 123 pound women who wanted to be 117. Yeah. And they just needed some strength training. And in my opinion, the toughest demographic to work with is the people that are already relatively strong and lean, or at least look like they've been working out. And then now they're micromanaging those last percentage points. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize the level of sacrifice and rigidity that they're going to have to install into their lifestyles that will take pleasure out of all the things that they were getting pleasure out of. So no more drinks, no more dinners out, eating every meal out of a plastic container, going to bed at 8.30, waking up at 5, doing your cardio, prepping your food. Like I'm like, do you want to live like that? And then 99 of 100 times, they'd be like, no. I said, so forget about that goal. Right. Like That's what it's going to take. So if you want to do it, that's what it's going to take. If you want to do that for a very short period of time, take the picture, show to yourself that you were able to do it, show the world you were able to do it, and then go back to normal. I'm cool with that too. But just understand the level of sacrifices it's going to take, and I don't think you're willing to do it. Those are the type of people unequivocally that need that unfiltered approach to right the no-nonsense, like this is exactly what it's going to take, and it's up to you whether you want to acknowledge whether the juice is worth the squeeze or not. And more often than not, right, you you know, they do like, okay, yeah, I'm, I, now that I understand what's involved, it's definitely not something that I want, but to be fair, like most trainers and coaches never get there or it takes them a long, certainly taking me a long time to get there. So, 
I think that's awesome that it's just sort of built into your DNA around, you know, being unfiltered around those things. I'm curious because it's one thing to have the, um, the candor, you know, to speak to someone like that, but it's another thing to have the conviction around it and to truly know that what you're saying is in fact correct, right? Is in fact what it takes. And especially for being a you know, young with respect to your training, your coaching age, um, what were you, what had you been learning? Who had you been learning from? What had you been studying that you had such a comprehension around nutrition and fitness to be able to speak intelligibly towards these transformations? I started really nerding out and just reading every type of article that I saw in like men's health, men's fitness. Um, I was buying like the underground bodybuilding magazines back in the day. And I was just learning all the different workout routines. And I was, I was dissecting every word and every letter. And then I would also go as far as saying, like, who wrote the article? And then when the internet was popular and we were able to use it for our advantage, I started Googling who these people were. And, I, and that's where I found, like, T Nation, Andrew Coates, and all these other people that were writing for, for all these publications independently on their own. And I just started learning, like, Charles Poliquin. So I started yeah. learning from all these people without ever having anything more than my NASM. Um, luckily at Equinox, they did provide 150 hours of on the floor education called EFTI. And it was a really, really comprehensive program taught by some pretty high level folks and then PTs as well. So I was blessed to be basically thrown into the educational spectrum quickly. And I realized there was a difference between the people who knew what they were doing versus the people that were just doing stuff that was novel and keeping people engaged versus getting people results. So I started to differentiate myself away from the person that was like, Let's go in and have fun in the gym. I'm like, no, let's you have a you have a problem. Here's your solution. Here's the science why the solution works. We just have to be able to connect those two things together. And I started to be able to really at an early age in my at an early point in my career start breaking down high level science scientific concepts into very easily digestible chunks of information that these people could be like, oh, that sounds logical. Mm -hmm. Versus like the bullshit that they were exposed to on mass media and social media. Uh, social media wasn't too much of a thing back then yet, but it came, right. became real powerful towards like the second, third year of my career. That's when it just took off. Um, but that's all we're doing is just managing misinformation. And I was able to take all the real stuff, show it to them, show them the practicality of it, and then be able to put it into real world scenarios. And I was able to back up what I said. So I went into that educator route immediately. I'm like, it, none of this is going to make any difference if you don't learn it yourself and become some level of autonomous with it. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're going to rely on a program or a coach or a trainer for the rest of your life outside of just the accountability, just because you don't know what you're doing. I'm assuming you built up a clientele. This was in Connecticut, but you're now mm -hmm. in San Diego. Like, what's happened the past several years um, with your career, your focus, the type of clientele you work with? Tell us a little bit about your business. I was 100%. In person in Connecticut, I was doing about six to eight sessions a day, seven days a week at the height of COVID, and I was killing it. Like, was this all... at Equinox or a different? No, at that point, I, had, I, yeah, I had basically taken most of my clients out of Equinox and yeah. developed personal relationships with them. So, you know, Equinox was charging one seventy five an, an hour, and yeah. I'm like, wait, this doesn't make sense. You're charging yeah. one seventy five. I'm making forty five. Right. They have a home gym that's probably nicer than this. I'll take them to their home gym for 120 an hour. I'll keep way more. They pay less. Everybody wins. 
back then there was no non-compete, which doesn't hold up in court anyway. So it doesn't matter. If, any, if you're a trainer listening to this and you signed a non-compete, just shred it in half. It doesn't matter. You can take every client out of that gym and be fine with about it. Because the reality is, is the big box gym model is not built to facilitate good trainers. It's built to keep a sales mill running. Any, any trainer worth anything is going to realize very quickly. Like it's great to for a trainer to get their feet wet, start to get reps, literally get right, get that time under tension, get exposure to clients, develop yep. relationships, figure out what works, what doesn't work to literally reinforce their practice. And then before they, you know, once they realize and have some level of competence and realize what they're worth, right? If you can get anyone any kind of results, you're gonna get the hell out of there. Yep. Very quickly. Yeah. That's what I did. And I never like I never questioned my own integrity at that point. I'm like, you know what? This is a massive company owned by three different hedge funds. They ain't dying for money. I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about feeding myself and I'm worried about giving my clients the best possible experience. And my clients are not getting a good experience here. They're not getting educated here. I'm not able to do things the way I want to do them. I'm having to walk around with a clipboard and a name tag. All this shit seems way too manufactured to me. So I just went off on my own and I just started doing it myself. And I went through a couple of lulls where like I had some pretty high level clientele and they were asking me to come back into the corporate world. Mm -hmm. um, so I went back into sales in New York City for a little while, which was mm -hmm. awful. I didn't really hack it there. Just inside sales wasn't for me. And then I went and worked at a deli when I was in my early 30s just because I needed a job and I didn't have one. So I went from making 140 grand a year as a 27 year old kid to making 14 bucks an hour as a 31 year old man living in downtown Stanford where rent was 2,500 a month. Mm -hmm. So it was, a, it was, you know, a couple of fall from graces, a couple of dust yourself off and stand back ups, which a lot of people, you know, couldn't handle just because our stress resilience has gotten way lower than it ever has been historically. Um, so those are all the practices that I bring into what I do now, like training people in person. I just never let them get away with bullshit. Like I use, like, yes, of course, we'll chat in between sets. But when it's time to go, like, go to work and grab the weight, like I want you to understand what you're doing, why you're doing it, where you're supposed to feel it, what tempo you're supposed to have, what mind muscle connection we're, we're hoping to evoke. And if you're not that connected to your training, you're just going through the motions and I'm just another hair appointment for you at that point. And that's not what I want to be. So I use my time on the floor to educate people constantly. And I was telling them like, I need two weeks, two days a week from you minimum. Like if you're going to sign up with me, it's not going to be cheap, but it's going to be effective. And you unraveling all this stuff with a shitty lifestyle is the reason why you're not getting results. So that's what drove me into learning more about nutrition and lifestyle. And then the move from Connecticut to California pushed me completely online because I obviously lost my entire book of business. Was that all COVID related? Well, I had the most money I'd ever made was during COVID because I still had access to a private facility that was under lock and key in the back of an industrial park. Yeah. And I was training seven to eight people a day, seven days a week throughout COVID. And it was great. Yeah. Um, best year of my life. I saved like 20, yeah. 30 grand. And that was the money I was able to move out to California with. Um, but then I, I operate very well under stress. So like you put my back against the wall and you say like, everything's going to crumble if you don't show up. I just started taking all the energy I put into my training business and started putting it into creating content and showing up online. And that's where like, I started just building all the thoughts I had in my head accumulated over the years of conversations I've had with clients. I just started putting on paper. And that's where all those little word memes came from. So everything I talk about on Instagram is what I've talked about with a client or what I've said to a client or what, what they've said to me. And I've just been able to take all that and disseminate it and create ideas and thought-provoking things out of it so that that way conversations can start 
that will then become tactical as opposed to sales based. Like I don't want to sell anybody anything on my Instagram page. I want people to actually like figure this shit out for themselves. And when they realize they need more formal guidance, that I'm the person they can come to because I'm going to give it to them straight. You said that you work best when your back's against the wall. Don't you think that's the case for every person? Depends. Um, I like to think that people do really well when they have no choice. And right now we just have too many choices. Right. Um, no, no, like I'll, exactly. Best example I have is all my single moms are my top performers. My yeah. single moms, the ones who have no room in their schedule for bullshit. They don't have time to scroll on their phone. They don't have time to like complain about the laundry. They're just getting shit done because they're fucking animals. And they know that at any moment it can all get taken away from mm -hmm. them. So they operate from that place of, of necessity. Whereas my moms that are like my stay at home moms are a disaster. They're the ones that are doing the worst because they have too many options and too much time. And like, what do I do today? It's like, <laughs> there's no structure, no consistency. Yeah. No that's, plan. The problem. that's the problem. No plan, no structure. My single moms, everything is down to the wire, to the T. I have to pick my kids up here. This is where I can fit my gym time in. So they're looking at things opportunistically and with, with the idea of where can I get it done and when, mm -hmm. how can I get it done versus why can't I get it done? You know, they never cite reasons why they can't. They always find opportunities where they can. And that's what separates people who are going to be able to do this for a lifetime and be really successful at it versus the people who are just going to keep shooting themselves in the foot and starting and stopping and starting and stopping until they get so sick of it that they just throw their hands up in the air and say, fuck it, it's not worth it. Like, to be fair, I don't spend a lot of time on social media. Um, and what time I do, I feel like I spend too much time as it is, but it, it's not that much time at the end of the day. But you you being one of the platforms that I'll follow, the, the information that you provide is so seemingly sound and simple and straightforward and kind of all rooted in like, there's no fucking magic pills here. There's no potions. It doesn't, you know, it, it's not sexy. It's the consistency, the hard work, right? On repeat. What's the problem? Like, what's the problem that people are finding themselves in? If it's so seemingly simple on paper, if there's nothing to sell them, why is it so difficult for people to get results? Psychology. That's all it is. It's psychology. It's it's how are you raised? What did you what were you exposed to as a kid and as an adult? What's your identity? How do you think about this stuff? Is it a priority? How do you manage your time? Everything is deeply rooted into who you are as a person. And I can give you the best and most accurate set of macronutrient targets. Right. I can build you the best possible program, but the execution falls on you as the individual. And I can't I can motivate you. I can inspire you. I can send you text message reminders. I can give you a library full of resources. And that's what all my clients get. But 20% 20, 20 of my clientele base gets results and the other 80 doesn't. Yes. So what's the difference? The difference is some people just fucking want it more. And I hate saying that out loud because it sounds like, you know, we all have the same 24 hours and I get that we don't. But some people are just better at using those 24 hours. You know, like again, that single mom is way more tactical about her time availability and her time management skills than the person who's got gobs of time and, and spends three hours watching right. cats fall out of trees on TikTok. So don't tell me that you can't. Tell me that it's not that important. And I can't make it important for you. Right. Um, you know, recently I signed on a woman who's relatively heavy, you know, over 270 pounds. And she's a great caregiver to her kids, but she just doesn't fucking take care of herself. And she hasn't in years and she's admitted it. And the conversations we have are not about macros. They're not about training. I'm like, I don't give a fuck what you eat at this point. I just want you to eat four times a day. 
I want you to eat four times a day. I want you to stand way less than you sit. I want you to walk every single possible place you can walk. And I want you to prepare meals for yourself the way, the same way you do for your family. That's it. Right. For right. And she's like, well, what, what, what's that going to do? I'm like, what it's going to do is it's going to teach you how to be an adult. And then once you're an adult, now we can start to manipulate certain variables of the equation to create certain outcomes. But you're not even ready for anything tactical at this point yet because you just haven't earned it yet. You haven't, you haven't instilled this into your lifestyle. This is not who you are yet. So for me, it's like if your psychology doesn't match your desired outcome, then th this stuff is never going to be imprinted. And, and don't get me wrong. This shit is boring, guys. Like anybody listening to this and expects excitement out of this process, you're just kidding yourself. Like putting food on a scale, eating it on repeat, going to the gym, working on mechanical tension and how good your form is and slowing down your tempo, this shit is not exciting. So if you don't find excitement in it because you're intrinsically right. motivated and you love this shit and it makes you feel good, you're not going to want to do it. Like this isn't a this isn't margaritas in Cancun. This is a fucking another day at the office. Yeah, and then legitimately that's where it's you know asking yourself why I want this, how much I want this, what I'm willing to do to get this because when you acknowledge assuming it's something that you truly do desire for whatever reason you desire, then you actually find the process engaging, exciting, mm -hmm. liberating, right? It's like clients that do well, of course there's ebbs and flows, but enjoy tracking their calories to a degree. I enjoy yep. tracking it because it gives me permission to do what I want within reason, within the, you know, the guardrails of what's acceptable for my goals, because I enjoy the training process, because I know I'm progressively getting stronger because I actually have control over this process. Like I'm the fucking executor of this process. And it's only me that's showing up and executing every single day. And that's liberating, right? That's like you said, teaching people how to be an adult, teaching people how to be in control and not absolve themselves of, of the responsibilities that are inherently theirs of, of just showing up and being an owner, right? And that's where it becomes tough because I don't want to be the person that's a hard ass and has to constantly deliver right. tough love. Like I just, I don't like playing that role. Like I didn't like it when I was growing up. I don't want to be that person. But every once in a while, like I needed a kick in the pants as an adult. Like I just like, when I was 31 years old and working at the deli, I've told this story before on other podcasts, but I'll tell it to your audience. Like I'm cutting bagels one morning. That was part of our big order for a big school that he had a contract with. And this guy had three locations in Greenwich. He was doing really well. Um, just a very dialed in dude, loved, loved showing up to work. He was the first one. At, he was the first one at the deli at 4.30 before any of his employees showed up. He was just very dedicated to his job. And everything had to be meticulously done right. And he wanted the bagels cut in quarters and then split in half. So that way, when you, you have a quarter, you can put a toothpick in it and you can have personalized individual sizes for everybody. I cut them in half, but I didn't quarter them. And then I cut them in half again. So I had them split, but I didn't have them quartered loaded up an entire three trays full of these bagels. I'm walking out the door with him. He looks at him. He's like, these are wrong. He goes, fucking throw them out, start over again. I'll get another three boxes of bagels. I can have them delivered here in five minutes. I'm like, dude, they're already done. Let's just go. Like it has to be there in, five, in 20 minutes. He's like, I don't give a shit. That's not what they paid me for. That's not what they expect. And that's not mm. the quality of work I'm going to deliver. I said, well, fuck you. You cut them. He goes, this is why you failed at finance. This is why you're going to fail here because you don't give a shit about anybody but yourself. I took my apron off. I was all pissed off. I walked out of the fucking deli and I went home and I sulked on my couch like a 12-year-old. And then three hours later, I'm sitting there and I'm like, what am I doing? Like he has a successful business. Right. I'm his employee making $14 an hour thinking that I'm better than everybody in there because of my former life. 
I have to remember where the fuck I am right now and why I am here and respect his process because he's the one giving me the opportunity and a living. So I called him. I said, John, I'm sorry. I fucked up. You're right. What can I do to make it up to you? He's like, come back to work tomorrow and don't be a pussy anymore. And that was it. And I and that day, it, 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 it taught me such a valuable lesson of just like respect your starting point, respect where you're at in your life. And understand that just because you did it one way before or because you thought you were somebody before yeah. that you can't ever change that. Like I had to restart as a 31-year-old man and I had to listen to somebody else who knew what they were talking about and, and leave my ego and my bullshit at the door. And a lot of adults don't have that white belt mentality where they're eager to learn something new or they, they're, they're able to be challenged on their belief systems without getting pissy about it. Like you have to leave, if you're unhappy with how you look and feel, you have to be able to leave that stuff at the door and allow this new life of yours to start to materialize because you are the only one standing in your own way. Yeah. Yeah, no, man, that really resonates um, very much. And I think that's, you know, like we talked about the ego earlier, and I think it's just really hard for some people to acknowledge that they have to get out of their own way to make change. It's like, well, I've done it before. No, you haven't done it before. Like you may have lost weight before, but the reason we're having this conversation is because you didn't keep it off. And uh, it's funny, I was having a conversation with a previous client for former clients, who's a financial advisor. And we always have these great conversations because it's the same thing, right? In terms of like managing calories and taking responsibility and ownership over your finances and, and all that kind of stuff. And we very much relate because he has a really hard time acknowledging that, you know, first of all, determining like how much he really wants to change and what he's willing to sacrifice through the process, you know, from a nutrition standpoint. And I can very much relate to him in terms of like taking ownership over my finances and having been someone who spent frivolously and not been very fiscally responsible until the last few years. It took me so long just to get the courage up to reach out to someone because I was frankly embarrassed around the fact that I'm a grown man that just doesn't do very good managing my money. And but I this was, But this wasn't taught to you, any of us, right? Like nobody taught us. I was having this conversation with somebody last night while we were driving to go out to dinner. I'm like, nobody ever taught us about nutrition. Nobody ever taught us about finances. Nobody taught us how to start a healthcare plan on our own after our parents has lapsed. Nobody taught us how to balance a checkbook, file our taxes. Right. All the rules and structures we had as children that made us become adults. And that's the reason why we became adults so quickly. Like, think about like the, 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 the path from like childhood to adulthood. It's very rapid. And there's a lot of stuff that happens in between, not just physical growth, but emotional, mental, spiritual growth. And that happens because every minute of our day is calculated and structured by somebody else in our lives. Our parents, our teachers, our coaches are telling us what to do and how to do it. We're being mentored from the age that we're, from the moment we're born to the time we're 24 years old or 22 years old. And then all of a sudden, as soon as we graduate college, there's no more rules mm -hmm. and there's nothing but time on our hands. And now everybody has to figure out, do I just kind of loaf through this life or do I now have to reestablish some new level of structure to keep myself on a certain path? Because if you think about the trajectory from 22 to 50, for most people, not a lot happens in that time. It's like you may have a decent job that you're stuck at. You have a couple of kids and a wife and you get married and you may have, own a home and then that's it. Yeah. But from like zero to 18, it's like I, I get spiritual maturity, emotional maturity. I, I grow and I learn and I do all these things and I meet all these people and I have all these conversations. And from like 22 to 50, it's like, eh, 
Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for the kids to get out of the house to get my time back. Hey guys, I want to interrupt this conversation briefly with an exciting announcement. If you're a father and struggling to lose the pounds that have crept on over the years, I understand your challenge. You're juggling a successful career, a loving family, and now you're looking to regain that energy and physique that seems to have slipped away. And that's exactly why I created PrimeFit Operating System. PrimeFit OS is a unique hybrid coaching program designed specifically for men like you. Now, you guys know me, we're not about quick fixes or impossible routines. Instead, we focus on real sustainable change through personalized nutrition and science-driven strength training, all wrapped up in a supportive community with expert guidance directly from me and my 20 years of experience working with men just like you. Imagine mastering your nutrition without restrictive dieting, getting stronger and leaner and boosting your overall energy, all without overwhelming your already busy schedule. With PrimeFit OS, you're getting more than just a cookie-cutter nutrition and fitness plan. You're embarking on a transformative journey that fits into your life, not the other way around. So, if you're ready to take the first step towards a healthier, leaner, stronger, more energetic, confident, ass-kicking you, join us over at PrimeFit Operating System. Trust me, guys, your family, your career, and most importantly, you will thank you for it. So if you guys are interested in getting started and want to find out more about the program, let's chat. Just head over to primefitos.com forward slash call and grab a time on my calendar. Remember, it's your time to be at your prime. Yeah, and at no point are most people taking ownership over it, right? Learning how to become more responsible for whatever it is that they want. They're stuck in the nine to five, sort of feeling like their their health is is relegated to you know what little time they have and the fact that they can't quote unquote afford to eat healthy and whatever the other excuses are. Yeah. Right. And they're and, all valid. They're all I never want to invalidate people's hesitations and reasons and oppositions because they're, they're very much valid to them. But the reality is is that other people have made it work under worse circumstances. Right. If and, you're not where you want to be, it's your responsibility to change, you know, change yeah. the outcome. And, and that's where you have resources available. Just like I said, like, listen, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with my money. So why don't I reach out to someone that does and just suck it up and, and say, well, the best thing I can do is actually learn and get some guidance and get support. Say, okay, well, you know, I, I, I wish I had done it earlier, but at least I'm doing it now. Yeah. Don't get stuck in that. Like, I wish I had started earlier because of course, like if hindsight is always going to be there, but that's always going to be the thing that anybody that's attained any level of success will tell you is once they've started the stuff that was that was hard and uncomfortable for them, they realized how much they were able to do it. Mm-hmm. They started they started to get the reps under the belt, and they started all of a sudden realizing, oh my god, meal prep's not that hard. Earning more money is not that hard. Loving my spouse more is not that hard. I just had to put more attention and work into it, and then all of a sudden, it started to become seamless. And it's never. I think what people forget is that the level of effort and work you had to exhibit to get from A to B has to be maintained. So, right, like if you were at A and then you had to add in X, Y, Z work level, method, whatever, you have to keep that level of effort going to sustain result B. And then if you want to go from B to C, you have to take current level of effort, amplify it by some degree, and then keep that going from B to C to stay at C. And that's where I think people forget. It's like with weight loss, it's like, well, I was able to lose weight. I said, we don't have a weight loss problem in America. That's right. 
it's not hard to just slash calories and just start moving your body more and losing weight. That is going to work. But at some point, it will stop working because the metabolism in the body adapts to every stressor we give it. So at some point, it's like, okay, how do I shift and do things differently and be able to learn more about this process to be able to then keep results that are current and then stack more results on top of those things? Well, I probably have to do things differently or better. Controlling those variables and understanding what the hell the variables are, because the variables on both sides of the energy in, energy out equation are, are, are moving targets, right? Calories in isn't just calories, it's, it's macronutrient profiles, it's food quality. For some people, it's food timing. Energy output is how many steps am I taking? How much am I moving throughout the day? How hard am I exercising? How frequently am I exercising? So people have this very linear view of black and white view of this stuff, as opposed to like, there's a lot of floating variables that are happening at once. And yes, it can sometimes feel overwhelming to manage if the systems aren't in place. But when you know that you're somebody who's going to go to the gym three to four times a week, you know what you're doing when you walk in there, there's no confusion. You know that two to three times a week, you're prepping ingredients to keep in the fridge. You know what your portion sizes are. You know your five or 10 go-to foods. That it just becomes on repeat at that point. Like I don't have to think about this shit anymore at 40 years right. old. I've done it for 15 years straight, 25 years straight. If you're just starting out, don't be afraid that it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. You're doing something completely brand new to your life. So you just be patient and know that at some point, the more you practice doing it, and that doesn't practice doing it doesn't mean like dip your toes into the water for two weeks and then be like, ah, this didn't work. Like give it six fucking months. Like do something well, you know, and when I say consistency, I don't mean 15 out of 30 days a month. I mean 23, 24 days out of 30 a month. And do that for six months straight and tell me that you're not unrecognizable after those six months. Do you get tired of speaking so much sense into the health, fat loss, weight loss, nutrition no. process? No, I'm a psychopath, man. I love this shit. I have no problem just regurgitating it constantly. I'll say it 35 different ways. I'll come up with different analogies. My, you know, you met Jimmy. Jimmy's the king of analogies. He's the one who will always be able to find some new comparison. It's just being able to relate to the individual that's missing the message. Like, why aren't you getting this? You know, like most people, if they, unless they, if they're following any accounts that are fitness-based on social media, they already know what to do, right? They found you, they found me, they found Jordan Syatt, they found Lane Norton. They know what to do. They just have an application process problem. They don't have, they're not doing it consistently enough. Their expectations are mismanaged. Right. They don't understand the nuances. They don't get why they're doing it. They don't have a connection to the why. They don't have a connection to the process. It's not a part of their identity. They feel like they're imposter syndroming every single day. Like, this is not who I am. But what are you supposed to do at that point? The only way that you'll believe in yourself is by just doing the work, fucking it up, learning from it, and then just continually going down the road of small incremental improvements over time. It seems like, you know, with your growing social media, you're kind of taking an ownership role over, I'm not going to say educating other coaches, but I don't know, you tell me the way you view your role uh, right now and talk to us about kind of the Real Coaches Summit and kind of the direction that you see those things going. I compare myself to like the old guy that's standing in his window watching the kids throw the ball at his house right? Playing on their lawn. Like I, I, I'm very disgruntled with how the, our industry has gotten. Uh, I don't like the fact that it's become a business and a sales machine versus a, a, a servitude machine, which it was what it should be. Like when you sign up to be a coach or a trainer, like you're signing up to just basically give your time and your, your mental space away to somebody else. 
So there's no balance. There is no like work life. But if you own a fucking business, you're, you're 307, hmm. 365, seven days a week. Like that's what it is. If you're not answering your phone on Friday night, fuck you. Somebody else will. If you're not showing up on Saturday morning for the 5 a.m. session, somebody else will. And if you don't have that mentality, then get out of my industry. And if you're trying to sell coupon codes and affiliate co codes to this, that, and the other brand, you're a salesperson. You're a dancing monkey. You're a dancing bear. You're not a fucking coach. You're not a trainer. There are so many people that are getting weekend macro certifications and becoming online coaches now that it makes me fucking ill. They don't know how to program their way out of a paper bag. They don't know what a lat muscle is. They don't know where their quads are. They don't know what knee flexion is. They don't understand what insulin resistance would even be categorized as. They just get this like idea of like, I can just do math really well and I can give you a macro system that might work. Okay, cool. What's going to happen when that person goes away for the weekend, when their dog gets sick, when their husband's in the hospital? When their stress is so high through the roof and you're not and you're and you're an email only check-in process and the only thing you know how to do is become a glorified TDE calculator. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to like I don't I I'm not a B2B person. Like I don't I'm not trying to educate coaches. Maybe at some point down the line I'll create a curriculum and do it. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to show other coaches, A, you don't have to do this for an expensive amount of money. Like I don't charge that much and I don't think we should be charging $700 for a gut health cleanup protocol that you have no idea what you're talking about. Um, I think the rates have gotten unreasonably high. I think the service has gotten incredibly low. And I think the level of personal attention has dwindled to a point now where people just don't have any support. And that's the thing that they need the most. They don't need more macros. They don't need more training systems. They need you to fucking be available to them when they're standing in front of the cupboard at nine o'clock at night, waiting to devour every jar of peanut butter in their house because they're so stressed out because their kid's sick for the fourth day in a row. That has nothing to do with macros. It has everything to do with you being able to say, hey, Susan, if you're having a problem, just know that I'm available. Shoot me a text. Let's get on the phone. Mm -hmm. That's coaching to me. And that's what's missing in our business. And that's what I'm trying to reinstall. A, I want coaches to be smart, tactical, hence the Real Coaches Summit, because I want to put practical, applicable information back into the hands of coaches that's of a wide variety versus just the one thing they know about which will help them build confidence. And hopefully at that point, when they're more confident, they'll speak with more conviction and they'll be able to create a better client experience and they'll be able to retain business better and they'll be able to get better results and people will finally believe in coaching again versus having it be a snake oil salesman. I love it, man. Um, I think it's a beautiful opportunity to bring coaches together to kind of you know, preach this no-nonsense approach. Like, listen, we all have value to offer. You know, we all get great results in our own right. We all care. We all want to get great results. And for not getting great results, you know, what do we need to learn to be able to get better results, right? And how do we surround ourselves with a, a like-minded group of individuals to appreciate the fact that we don't have to be on a deserted island and that we're not in this for ourselves, right? We're not alone in this journey. There are so many people that need help. Um, that there will never be a lack of clientele, right? Um, seven seven point eight billion people in the world, and every one right. of them could stand to look or feel better. That's right. So this is not competition, right? Mm -hmm. And I think for too long, or and perhaps for too many coaches, other coaches are viewed as competition, or they don't do the things the way that I do them. Therefore, they're wrong. And there's way too much of that. Yeah. Way too much of that on social media, which is part of one of the things that drives me absolutely bonkers. And I, like I said, I don't, I try not to spend too much time on it because I just can't tolerate it. I've become like the social media police. I have so many people DMing me like other people's posts and be like, what do you think about this? I'm like, why do you care what I think? Why don't you form your own opinion? 
Like you don't need to be validated across every avenue you, you walk. Like I, and I say this to my clients, I'm like, you guys know what to do. I had a woman yesterday, she posted in my Facebook group for that's only for my clients. She's like, hey, having a tough time eating carbs. What are some of your suggestions? I said, did you not fucking listen to the last seven Zooms I did about how to prep food? Like you were on the phone calls. Why are you having to validate what you already know from other people? That just means you have no confidence. That means you either don't trust me, which we need to be able to handle that, or you don't trust yourself. And you have all the information. You don't need any right. more information. You don't need to know how Sally cooks her rice to cook your own rice. It's fucking starch. It gets put into a rice cooker and it gets portioned out appropriately. You've been given the portion sizes just to execute. So I think just being able to empower people with enough knowledge, but then not so much knowledge to where they're inundated with it and they don't know how to just get out of their own way because they're paralyzed by analysis constantly. It's autonomy, man. It's just but how many coaches are still having to like, you know, they'll spend however much money on a photo shoot at Starbucks to look busy. Or they'll buy every single fucking Lululemon outfit that just came out or Viore outfit that just came out or the Young LA outfit that just came out. But then when you ask them to invest $700 in a fucking conference, they're like, oh, that's too much money for me. I'm like, you will learn more in two and a half days from people on that stage and from people that are sitting in those seats amongst you than you'll ever learn in any fucking nutrition class, any certification class, any master class ever. And you'll also be surrounded by a network of people that will continually lift you up and educate you because they know more or they're further down the line than you are in your career. So for any coaches that are listening to this that are just sitting in their house, working online and wondering why they're not getting where they want to go, you've got to get out of your little shell. Like It's a very isolating life that we live as online coaches. Like I still train some people in person, but I do it out of, the, out of my garage. So it's like, I'm not like interacting. And I, I think, think that inter the interaction, it's huge. I would have never met you. We would, have, we would have never done a podcast together. You can't replace it. And you cannot become a good coach, in my opinion, if you don't surround yourself with other great coaches, if you don't have mentors, uh, if you don't have coaches yourself, in my opinion, if you don't spend time working with people both in person and of course, online, if you want to be a quote unquote online coach, I feel very fortunate to have started my career at a time where social media wasn't prevalent. Online certifications weren't really prevalent. You know, I had to sit in a classroom to get my first, you know, I got CSCS certified after graduate school through NSCA. I had a mentor through my master's degree program who basically said, you guys are going to do strength and conditioning for your master's program, and then you're going to sit for it at CSCS. And then it became going to seminars and having that insatiable hunger of like, I want to learn everything that there is to know about strength and conditioning and nutrition. But by virtue of that process was having the opportunity to do just that, right? To be in rooms with other really smart people and think about, start to think about things in different ways and start to kind of squash my own misgivings around certain aspects of all of these facets of, of nutrition and strength and fitness and just go down those rabbit holes, right? Of like, oh shit, I don't know what I don't know. And there's so much opportunity to continue to learn and grow. And then over the years, um, for me, this was the bit, the hardest part about COVID was because from 2006 until 2020, 
I would spend thousands and thousands of dollars every single year going to seminars. Learn, you know, I spent years learning from Charles Poliquin and Paul Check and, you know, you name it. Um, and it's been the vast majority of the people that I've had on the podcast have been people that I've connected with in person. And so if you are a trainer and you're listening to this, you have to give yourself the opportunity to step outside your comfort zone. It's just like we're talking about with clients, right? Yeah. Ditching the ego and be like, dude, if you're not where you want to be, then there's something that you need to learn to start to do differently. And yeah. that's where you have the opportunity to surround yourself with incredible coaches. Tell us about the Real Coaches Summit so that people can check it out and, and, and meet us there. So two things before I go into that. So the, you'll find this actually sad, but I, I found it sad as well. So I, I know a coach here in San Diego who's got a team of probably six or seven other assistant coaches across the country. Seemingly a very successful business. They work with a lot of different women. And I had brought up the idea of like, hey, you should bring your team as like a team retreat to the summit. Like, I'll give you guys a discount for a group rate, whatever. She's like, yeah, not interested. Like that cold and that dismissive. And I'm like, curious as to why that is. She's like, why the fuck would I sit there and listen to other people speak about stuff I already know? Mm. And I said, interesting. Okay. So you know everything there is to know about programming, nutrition, how to deal with client oppositions, mindset, business systems. You know all that stuff. You're an expert at all of it. She's like, no, but I don't need any, I don't need to brush up on it. I'm doing just fine the way I am. Okay. And right there, it made me realize one very big thing between the ones that are going to make it in this business and the ones that are just going to stand right where they are and they're going to be fine with just regurgitating the same bullshit over and over again is that her clients are not getting the best of her because she's checked out. She's checked out. The money's coming in. You know, the nice car is getting paid for. The seven assistant coaches validate how big of a business she's grown, but she won't get out of her own way. She won't immerse in the community because what I think is going to happen is it's going to challenge her thinking of how smart she is. 100%. And that's that's a very scary place to be. I don't ever want to be the smartest person in any room. I don't even, I'm not even going to speak at my own conference. I want that conference to be a place to source education from people that are way fucking more experienced than I am and way better at, it, at what they do than I am so that then I can understand where my lack of knowledge is, where my lack of practical application is, and then I can get better. So for me, I've been going to conferences just as long as you have because I enjoy, A, the camaraderie of being able to be around like-minded individuals who I don't get to interact with on a daily basis. It's a release for me because I get to get out of where I am totally. and change, change scenery and actually have it be like a little bit of a fun time. And then from a practical, tactical aspect, you get to meet people that you never would have connected with. And then you get to have create collaborative opportunities like podcasts, like business opportunities, like Instagram lives, like having another coach that you can refer out to when somebody doesn't work out for you. Yep. And that's how this business starts to become more cohesive as opposed to just us shitting on each other all the time and saying, this coach sucks and that coach sucks. Like I want us to band together, push the influencers out, and then keep the educators to rise to the cream of the crop because that's where our audience is going to start to finally get the information they need. So for the Real Coaches Summit, I've been to so many of these events. I mean, you and I both have. How many times do you go to these events where you just feel like you're being talked at? And there's nothing practical or tactical given as far as information. It's the same shit you've heard a thousand times over already. The speakers are essentially celebrities that don't actually spend any time with the audience. They just kind of dip out as soon as they're done with their presentation. 
you're having to stand there with five or six of your buddies because that's who you came with and that's who you know and you don't branch out because you end up going to every meal together 15 minutes off site right. so i took care i took all of those problems that i see at events and i just basically took them out so i made it in vegas which is easy to fly into and that has really hotel cheap hotel rooms I'm catering you every single meal so you can not have to worry about where you're going to eat and what you're going to eat because it's going to be given to you and it's being curated by the fitness professional. So, you know, it's going to be protein dense and very micronutrient dense. There's going to be an opportunity for everybody to hang out because all the speakers are going to be on site hanging out with you at all the meals and the happy hours. The happy hours are two hours long. So it's plenty of time for you to be able to sit there and chit chat and get to know one another and, and let your guard down and not be this like fitness professional who has to be perfect who can't have a cocktail and there's going to be entertainment so it's a fucking good time because that's what I, I want it to be a party i don't want it just to be this like stuffy event that you go to you get your ceus and you walk out of i want this to be something that's memorable that's burned into your memory bank and that's something that becomes a non-negotiable for you every year because everything that i do is with a purpose and an intention and to serve my audience none of it's for me i lost 30k on it personally last year i'm hoping just to break even on it this year if I ever do get to a place where I'm profitable with it, I'll give all that money back to the attendees and the speakers. I don't give a shit about making money on this thing. This isn't a fucking sales pitch for me. So once the event's over on Tuesday, I'm going to spend more of my money to take however many people want to come out with me to come out to a karaoke speakeasy at night. I want people to have a good time and stop thinking about this as like this just stuffy, clinical white glove, white knuckles business. I want this to be like, hey, you know something I don't know. I'm going to talk to you for a while. Like I've been to so many events where like Wayne Norton was there and Alan Aragon was there. And all people can think about is taking a picture with them. I'm like, pick their fucking brain for 30 minutes. Like ask them like why they know what they know, who they learn from, what resources they should find. Yeah. Don't like just snap a picture they can throw on Instagram and say, hey, I learned, I talked to Lane Norton this weekend. If Lane Norton were walked out of that hotel, nobody would know who he was. Right. He's only a celebrity to us because we're the nerds who are just fucking waiting for every word that comes out of his mouth. So when I pick my speakers, I'm not finding celebrities. I'm finding tactical, practical, experienced professionals who don't give a shit about status. I'm looking forward to being there. I wish I could stay longer. Uh, it's my kid's spring break. So we're actually going to be in, funny enough, we're going to be in San Diego. But uh, it sounds like I mean, it sounds like this is an event for more than just coaches. Like, yeah. I would love my clients to go to this. I have clients know? coming. I have plenty. Yeah. I have probably so five, that's or, where, five or six. For those of you listening, like, this sounds like a really good opportunity to just get in a room with really smart people and um, just learn more. Because at the end of the day, like, that's what coaching is for us. It's teaching you and empowering you with those skills and tools to just I say, be your own best nutrition detective. Like you got to figure out the shit that works for you. Like we can spit these fundamental principles all day long around everything you just said. It's so valid and true and spot on, but like, you have to figure this out. You have to figure out what the cadence is for you. And like, what are the systems that you can realistically implement? And I think when you have the opportunity to just surround yourself with such a, a group of smart people and you hear these nuggets and like, I know for my clients, this is part of the reason like why I love sharing the podcast with them because then they, someone like you comes on and like the way he, he described this, I'm like, motherfucker, I talk this, I say this to you every single day, you know, it's like, oh no, but just like the analogies, I'm like, great, you know That's what, it. it's, it's it though. And it's like, so let's get you around people that perhaps it will resonate differently because we'll both admit like we don't know everything we don't nope. we never will don't need to all that matters is that 
We're helping our clients get the results that they want. And that really does take this kind of team approach. So um, if you're interested, we're going to have a link in the show notes, uh, realcoachesummit2023.com. Yes, that's the website. Okay. I can't I can't drop the 23 at this point. I already paid for it. <laughs> okay. So it'll, it'll live in infamy. Um, there's a coupon code floating around right now for 200 bucks off. I think it's coaches24 is the coupon code that'll get you 200 off. There's another coupon code actually that got released yesterday. Um, if anybody here knows who Sam Miller is, obviously you know who He's Sam is. He's been on the show. So Sam 200 actually gets you 200 bucks off and his audio book and two of his master classes included for free. So that's, that's, that's an even better one for people to use because they'll be able to get some of those bonus resources as well. And yes, this is not like, it's called the real coaches summit, but this is really more of like a fitness party. So if you're somebody who's like an enthusiast who kind of is nerding out on this stuff on Instagram, you know, you're either being coached by Ben or somebody else. And you listen to this and you're like, Hey, I want to be around some people that know what they're talking about. And they're living the same lifestyle as me because it does get alienating every once in a while. You're going to come here and you're going to just make friends. Like so many people that came last year are still connected to one another. They went on trips together. They built these lasting friendships because they're of the like minds and they're doing the same thing, going down the same road. And again, because you're doing this by yourself half the time with very little support, it's good to be around a community of people that are also doing that. So that's what this was intended to be. Uh, Education and connection. I'm going to tell you guys right now. So if you're listening to this, your perception of health and fitness coaches, of personal trainers, of strength coaches, of of nutritionists is probably one of we uh, we do everything quote unquote perfect all of the time and we always are measuring shit out and we're very, you know, methodical about every single meal and we, you know, we train every single day and all of these things that kind of you see on or perceive from social media and the reality is when you go to this stuff, it's a it's a big party. It's a lot of fun. Everyone's just normal human yes. being that has their own issues. And some people, you know, are tracking everything. I'd say probably most people aren't. Like, yes, is fitness a priority? Absolutely. But is it like we're spending all day working out? And no, not even a little bit. It's just regular uh, men and women hanging out, talking shop connecting um, and adding value to each other. So just know that around these types of things. Um, If that interests you, then make sure to check out the link, sign up. We'll see you in Vegas. If you are there, come say hello to me. Come say hello to Ram. Uh, What else, man? Um, Social media, where can people follow you on social media? Well, four weeks to the beach, the number four and two, four weeks to the beach. I'll answer all my DMs. So if you ever have questions for me, just feel free to ask. Um, if I don't know, I'll refer you to somebody who does. Um, and I'm never going to sell you anything. I don't need the business. So don't worry about it. Do you remember my message to you the other day in your DMs? I was like, so, okay, again, uh, to be fair. So I'm like, holy shit, man. I just realized all of your posts are when you're taking a shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so that's what I've become known for is, A, I'm going to challenge the norm. I'm going to piss some people off with what I say, which whatever, people can learn how to be offended better. And then I'm also going to, like, when I post that that picture between my legs every morning, and I've done that now for, I think, two and a half years. I, and I, there's actually a, a portion of my, you know, like the highlights on the Instagram? Yeah. 
Yeah. I have it. It's called Toilet Talks. And I mean, there's years of it That's if you incredible. want to go see it. That's and incredible. it's always some poignant thought, but then it's just while I'm pooping in the morning, which is when I do all my social media posting. So if people have actually come out to me and been like, did you move? Did you go? Oh, are you traveling this weekend? Because they could tell that the <laughs> tiles on the floor have changed. And then there was one time in the last year where I was so hungover that I didn't post in the morning. And I had people DMing me like, are you okay? Do you need something? Like, do we have to call somebody? Because oh I didn't show up. Amazing. Because I've programmed people to know that every single morning at 5.30 Pacific time, they're going to get that post. And it's it. just, it's That's just incredible. what I, I just, I want to make this shit fun. I want to make this stuff relatable for people. And I want people to understand that like, none of us are going to ever be perfect, nor should we be. But I think if we're just striving to be slightly better and learn from our past mistakes, or at least be willing to learn about something, you can't fuck this up. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, it's encouraging for me. Like I said, I don't love social media, but I definitely see that there's Sort of a responsibility to kind of get the right information out there and support that people need at the end of the day. So give Aram a follow, Four Weeks to the Beach. Uh, check out Real Coaches Summit 2023.com. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you there, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate it. And I always appreciate the opportunity to say what I feel. Hell yeah, man. Talk soon. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you in your nutrition journey for free. One, grab a free copy of my Fat Loss Fix Guide at fatlossfixguide.com. Two, join my free group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com. Four, leave a five-star rating and positive review so that we can gain access to more nutrition experts ready to share their knowledge with you and ultimately help more people make smart nutrition simple.